You're listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hull United Methodist Church. Be sure to visit us at hopehullumc.org sermons, where you can subscribe to future episodes of SermonCast and browse our archive of past messages. Thanks for tuning in. You know, since we're talking about hope, there's something that precedes that, though. Grief. And one of the ways I experience grief is when I think of my mom who passed away. I can still feel her touch. One of the ways I grieve when I think about my dad, I can hear his voice clear as a bell. When I grieve over my brother, I think of the beach, actually. I think about him when I see the sand. My other brother, when I grieve about him, it's always about a sporting event. Or when I grieve and think about when I experienced grief with my sister when she passed, actually when I'm playing with kids. You know, I'm sure you've experienced something similar. And in scriptures today, this is what Paul really had to say about it. When we look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, this is what he was talking about. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again and so that we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, We who are still alive and are left will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. You see, when I talked about my mom and I could feel her touch, I still know that feeling. See, she actually owned a hair salon growing up. And so she was the only person that cut my hair my whole life. I didn't get a haircut from, until somebody else until I was away in college. Matter of fact, I let my hair all grown out, grow out down to here. And, uh, and I came home, and Mom was kind of upset. But when you experience that growing up in a hair salon, you know your mother's touch. 
Granted, I was bad sometimes in the hair salon. Boys like to play cowboys and Indians, right? There are scalps all over that place. But I still remember that feeling. Even as an adult before she passed, she would st- when I would visit home, she would cut my hair. All up until the end when her vision started going. And, and I looked up and she put on three pairs of glasses to cut my hair. I was like, this is the last time. <laughs> and then my dad. It's his voice. It wasn't like a, a loud, booming boy's voice, you know, a dad voice. No, I actually had a very soft voice. But he always would tell me the same thing, whether it was in sports or in life. He always encouraged me. And he said three things. Get up. Try again. Focus. As a matter of fact, um, when I would, went through my entrepreneurial phase of my life, um, I was doing business stuff, and my dad, I was carting him around to his heart doctor all the time. And, um, and I was late to pick him up, and so he called me and left a message on my voicemail. And uh, that was one of those ones I could just never delete, you know, because he passed away shortly after that. And, uh, and it was the same thing. Hey, come get me. Get back up. Try again and focus. Remember. Whether it was sports or life, that's what he always said. My brothers. Matter of fact, uh, David, with the, uh, the beach, see, we had plans to go to the beach. That's what we did. I mean, we grew up on the Gulf Coast. That's what you do every weekend or if you skip school. And, um, but yeah, we were going to the beach. That week he had killed himself. And so I think about that. A lot of times when I go to the beach and look at the sand and gaze out into the water, it's one of my happy places. My other brother, Jason, uh, I mean, this, this, he was a year and a half older than me. I've got called Jason half my life by my mother. I'm sure if you have siblings, you know, I've got four children. I don't ever name them the same thing or call them the same thing at, at once. You know, I always mess it up. But um, we were very close. And so, um, matter of fact, we lived with each other in college. Shared a room all growing up. And he was an avid Alabama fan. We loved, we went to college together. We loved going to see the football games, the basketball games. You know, we would go to anything that had a ticket to it, basically, while we were there. And when I grieve about him, I think about, you know, one of the last things we did together was watch Alabama win a national championship. And then cancer took them shortly after that. My sister... She was nine years old, playing in the front yard, broad daylight, just like any, like my child, children do. A drunk driver runs into our yard. That's a different level of grief that you experience. They're on life support for months. My parents are forced to make a decision that no parent should ever have to. Grief. It's hard to find hope in stuff like that. I, I think about those things when I play with children sometimes or when I'm visiting hospitals and making, seeing children in the hospital. I, I, I think about those things. 
there is hope and grief. And that's what Paul was talking about. See, grief is not new. This isn't a new idea. All of us have experienced this in some way. The Thessalonians experienced this. For Paul, the writer of the majority of the New Testament, this was something that he was talking about to them. Grief. How they grieve. And he tells them that the resurrection, resurrection hope, is our only hope that we have. That's what Paul wanted them to know. That's what we need to know. What hope is. See, in ancient Greece, when Paul wrote this letter, it's different times than now, you know? And the text we know one thing is for certain today, is that the folks were grieving there. Doesn't explicitly say what, what, but we know from history that it wasn't really a happy time in that city. I mean, in 50 AD, the average lifespan of somebody was in their 20s. Half your children died. Plenty to be grieving over. Think about it. I got four kids. They were grieving. But in ancient Greece, I mean, this is, Paul started that church there on his second missionary trip. They were just learning about the resurrected Jesus and resurrection. They were ignorant. They celebrated pagan gods. Matter of fact, we know from history, even their tombstones, back then they, the majority of them didn't even believe in an afterlife. It was just, you read the tombstones and say, he lived, he died. There was no concept of it. There was so much to be grieving over. There was no hope. Just so much grief. But Paul tells them that there is a difference. He doesn't want them to be ignorant. There are two types of grief. There's a hopeless grief. And then there's a hope-filled grief. The resurrection is real. What happens to Jesus will happen to us. Do not grieve like the pagans do, he says. Have hope. Faith in Jesus. He had to teach them this. And it's difficult, I mean, even in our own lives, Sometimes we're ignorant. Sometimes you just have such tragic things happen to you. It's hard to have hope. Raise your hand if you have ever lost hope. Same for all of us. But we're not to be ignorant. We're to know Jesus is real. God is real. He rose from the dead. He was resurrected. 
So will we. Have hope in the resurrection. It's different when we grieve. When we grieve, grieve to be wrapped in hope. Knowing that the resurrection is real. Is grief wrapped in hope? Because remember, what is true for Jesus is not just true for them, like Paul was telling them, but it's true for us. The resurrection, that's the doctrine. And I know. I'm going to feel my mama's touch again. Resurrection. The doctrine. No, and then I'm going to hear my daddy's voice. I have a feeling it might be a dad joke or two. Get up, you know. Resurrection, get up, try again. You know, he was the king of dad jokes. But resurrection is the doctrine. I want to get to go have that beach party. Maybe even play some ball. Resurrection is the doctrine. I'm going to get to see my little sister play. Resurrection hope. That is our only hope. You've been listening to Sermon Cast the online preaching ministry of Hope Hall United Methodist Church. If you enjoyed this message, consider sharing it with a few friends. Remember to visit us at hopeholeumc.org sermons and subscribe to get notified when new content is posted. Thanks for listening.